Hey guys and welcome to episode 303 of the Startup Diary. I am Harrison <laughs> Mudge and I am with my co-host Adam Callow. Hey guys, thanks for joining us on this episode of the Startup Diary podcast. If you're new to the show, this is where we're sharing what it's truly like to build a startup business. We started this nearly six years ago now, H. Uh, we've gone through everything from consulting, bootstrapped, raised some venture capital, and trust me, when I walk into the office, I make new mistakes every single day. We are sharing the experiences we have so you don't have to make the same mistakes we make. Today's a bit of an interesting show. It is. We have a special guest today. Very special. We have a consultant. <laughs> Chief consultant. Chief about. consultant. <laughs> sales professional. Uh, ninja. Old school friend. Uh, who are we looking at now? Jump on the mics. Hi, I'm uh, Alan Graves. Old school friend of uh, Mr. Adam. Uh, and uh, so let's get straight into it. So normally on the show, Alan, what we do is we're sort of on a Friday show, we tend to talk about what we've done in the previous week, what's gone well. I kind of use it as a therapy session, to be honest. Uh, obviously, me, me and Harry go way... It's really interesting, actually, because we all go way back. Uh, we all, me and Harry go back, so he sort of gets the truth out of me every single week, what it's really like. So a no BS approach is what we have on the mics. So just give you a heads up, say what you feel. Uh, I will. Which is going to be interesting, because the reason that you're in the office... Uh, is because the listeners know that we're going through an interesting stage in the business. We're trying to grow. We're trying to get the right people into the right roles. And there's certain things that I do. I feel like I do poorly, but I've had people in the team say, stop being so hard on yourself. Like, I need to become a better manager, better CEO, uh, because I spend a lot of my time being the sales professional, being the, the guy that goes out, wins the business. That's sort of what my skill set lies in. Mm-hmm. And it's super similar because we've got a very similar skill set. Yeah. Uh, so do you want to give the listeners an idea of like why you're here? Uh, and then uh, let's take it from there. So basically, I've uh, come into Expert Trades just to view how the business has been operating and maybe come up with a strategy as to how it could operate a little bit better mm-hmm. um, and how we can all grow together. So you've been in today. Mm-hmm. Uh, give us an idea of, normally, uh, through a recruitment process, uh, so you'd sort of come in, we'd check your CV out, we'd have an interview, we'd have another interview, then you might give a presentation, uh, and then we'd sort of make a decision. Uh, we've done something a little bit different this time. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a little bit different because ultimately at the end of the three days consulting that I'm doing, and this is day one, mm-hmm. um, at the end of it, I'm going to come up with a strategy and kind of cr- try and create a job for myself, yep. as it were. Um, and then obviously it's, it's up to you guys to agree it. And if we all have the same vision, then hopefully we can we can move forward together. So I guess let's go into the weeds of it. So day one, you're coming in and you basically came uh, prepped. Uh, you'd basically done a lot of homework on us as a business yeah. as sort of we'd expect on anyone trying to get a role uh, and we sort of went through you asking some really I guess not not necessarily hard questions but you wanted to get to the meat and bones yeah that's it it's um, it, you need to get down to the nitty gritty straight away ultimately that's that's what the business runs on um, so had chats with yourself obviously uh, with the account manager with Matt as well uh, who does the websites and so you guys haven't spoken we yet, have you? not unfortunately not didn't get a chance because we were so busy but next time um, I'll be sitting down and having a chat with Harry as well and hopefully Harry will have to tell me a bit more about what he does and that side of the business <laughs> let's start revising <laughs> <laughs> just the final piece of the puzzle so okay. that helps with the strategy you need to know where you are before you can find out where you go like it 100% um, I think a lot of the listeners right now have been along this journey with us for a very long time. We've been doing this podcast now, I don't know, two years? Two and a bit years? Two long years. Two long years. So 300 they, episodes later. They've seen the highs and lows in the business. Uh, from from first impression, mm-hmm. uh, what do you think of the business? And like, I haven't even asked you this feedback after day one, so let's do it on the mic. So like, after what you've learned today, what's the biggest things that you've taken away? 
Um, and what did you come in that you thought, fuck, that's not what I thought? It's one of those businesses where when you're on the outside and you're looking at the Facebook page and things like that, that you, you think, oh, it looks like a really cool culture, but mm-hmm. you're never quite sure. Is that just all for show? Is it, is it really like that? And then when you come in and see how everyone actually hates each other. No, I'm joking. Um, no, <laughs> it's so it's, true. No, no, no. It's, it's actually, it's a really good culture. You can see everyone's happy to work here. Um, so yeah, it seems like a really good place to work. And I think that's actually really, really key. Because if you've ever worked mm. in a stuffy office with a load of people that you don't really like and there's no nice atmosphere, no culture, it's yeah. it just makes things worse for everybody. There's, there's higher rates of sick. There's higher rates of, there's less productivity. People don't want to help you, whereas here it's all very positive, and I think that makes a big difference. So that was the biggest thing for yep. me. So just submerging yourself in with the team and get to spend some time with them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and what I, what I like as well is that everybody owns their own role. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm being honest, maybe the, the synergy could be a little bit better. Talk to me about that. Why? Um, so well, couple of, couple of people have sort of said, "Oh, well, he doesn't know what I'm doing here," but I just thought that, or we don't, we don't. I don't know what he does, but I saw that. And it's not, I don't think it's going to bring the business to its knees, but yeah. you know what I mean? I just think it's something that could be improved upon, maybe with some processes being put in place. Cool. Talk about one of the guys you spoke to today. He's just leaving. <laughs> Harry gave him a big wave. I guess just fire that back over to you. We're kind of aware of that right now, aren't we? And, yeah, and I guess I, th- I think that's one of our biggest issues is that we all, we all do a lot of things and some of it overlaps, but it, sometimes we're quite siloed in activities. So if because we do so much we we tend to do all of that piece and like if someone else needs to jump in the biggest issue we've got right now is no one else will would know the role mm-hmm. and that's yeah. why we're trying to build processes around it so that if someone if and when new people come in they can look at the process and actually do it as opposed to we need Adam or we need Edie or we need Matthew in sat next to you because they're the only other person that know the process yes one one that's just going to be the biggest bottleneck in the business mm. because there's like one person in the company that knows one thing uh, so and everyone tends to sort of like suffocate their role here which is a good thing because they want to own it Yeah. but I think one of the things that we added this year was our all hands meetings and we spoke mm. about that earlier yeah. uh, and from the siloed element even just to how the offices are laid out so well, that, to be fair that is one of the things the people I spoke to said today they said it is better Mm-hmm. but there's still wiggle room for improvement yeah. so which 100%. is always the way it's going to be I suppose so if you're new to the show one thing that we struggled with uh, last year is uh, how we operate this business is there's certain products that we, we offer like some are we are an agency we do creative work and that's sort of what Harry's involved with we've got an app we've got websites there's all these different silos in the business but the trouble is is everyone in those teams sort of became their own individual teams. Mm. Uh, so we developed something called, we didn't develop it, we just uh, sort of rolled it out, an all-hands meeting. So every Monday now at 10 o'clock uh, for Q1 this year, we met at 10 o'clock every day, the whole team, um, sorry, every week, the whole team got together and basically put slides up, looked at everyone's numbers, what's working, what's not, what's happening this week, and where do I need help? And that, from what I understand, and you tell me if I'm wrong, Harry, is... Just knowing what other people are working on has brought the team. <laughs> yeah, like you'd see you'd see things on there, but like, wow, like I didn't even know one we even did that, and then two to see the results that like like I say we've got the we've got the office split, but the website team and the the activities that they do and the things that they've built. If we didn't have those meetings, I'd be completely yeah. unaware of their existence. And I think one thing that we've we started to learn now is when you've got one person in the team like Edie who sort of is speaking to a client. There's even situations where Edie didn't know what everyone within the team was doing. 
And what that resulted in is when she's point of contact for a brand, she doesn't know what we can offer. So that if they ring up and say, what's happening this week? She doesn't know. She doesn't know. That's an issue, yeah. A big issue for yeah. us. Uh, so there's a, there's a whole strategy piece going on in the company right now in terms of actually uh, we speak to clients as if we're not an we tell them we're not an agency but we we do agency work. Uh, we're a community. We're a tech company. So uh, the people in the podcast know I'm sort of like going through a bit of an identity crisis right now in terms of like how we define ourselves as a business. So our financial year ends this month. So I'm basically. Uh, you just heard me say it downstairs, I'm yeah. slowing down to speed up. So I'm really taking my time over the last four weeks and the next three weeks to uh, bring the right people into the team. I have now an org chart that we're trying to fill with the right people. Um, so that's a really nice segue. I'm going to try and get good at segues, H. Uh, so a really nice segue into the role uh, that we're looking to bring in. Uh, so I'm trying to let go of sales. From a sales point of view, we've basically opened the doors to you and basically said, here's everything that we do. Uh, everything from the 250 pound deal to the 90,000 pound deal mm -hmm. and everything in between. Uh, without going into the weeds, what do you feel, feel as opportunities we haven't tapped into? What's the, if you came Definitely. in as a consultant and we're literally like, I'm gonna do a five day project, nothing else, and you're on day one, what's the thing that you think is the, the biggest failure that you've seen in me running this business in the last 12 hours that you've, you've spent digging in? Um, your sales process has been like a scattergun. It's been like yep. just it's just it's all over the show. It's 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 good results wise, but it's no, there's no format to it. There's no formality. Do you see what I mean? There's no process. Not not a, a strict enough one for me anyway. Hundred um, percent. And I think once that gets standardised, it will make it much more streamlined, which means you can get obviously bring more sales in, um, and it also means that you're definitely going to be making profit. <laughs> Whereas I think there's some accounts at the moment where you might not be. Agree. Uh, and I think from that note is because I'm a salesman. Like you asked me some questions like, uh, when you lose deals, when do you lose them? Like, why is the reason? And I'm like, and genuinely, can you even remember? And this, I, I was not hesitating. What deal have we lost that we've pitched for? There's, uh, there's one that's very in the recent, but I've, I've explained that to Alan. Yeah. Like in a certain uh, heating category of a brand. <laughs> I'm trying to be a little bit cryptic right now. But can you actually remember us going after Business Hardened? I couldn't remember one example of a pitch that we've lost. Uh, no, and I, I imagine that that's the the implication being that you'll sell and make make you'll make the deal. Yep. But potentially at the cost of... Yeah. <laughs> is, it, is it worth it? Yeah, yeah, at the cost of like... I, I love it when someone says to me yeah but what's the margin you're making on that because that's the stuff that we should be measuring on <laughs> yeah, I'm like yeah, yeah. please don't ask me that <laughs> uh, but yeah. a, a really good point and I think one thing that we've done really really poorly as a business is I've kind of looked at the forecasted revenue and gone oh okay we need to add more people into the team yeah. uh, so I need to go and make some more money so then I've focused on sales and you've seen literally today like we're selling Tool Talk Plus and I made one deck and spoke to one person because Mark spent ages building it I'm like okay cool I'll go sell that and then made one presentation sent it never followed up uh, because something bigger or or a fire <laughs> literally yeah, firefighter literally uh, that's what literally people ask me occasionally when I've got a bit of when I'm feeling sassy they go oh so what do you do and I go I'm a fireman and they go, oh really? And I go, no, I'm I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, but I just feel like I'm putting fires out all day. There was a big task, I think, for me is not only create the role and create the processes, but also it's, you know, the reality is if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, apart mm -hmm. from the celebrations you'll be having, um, I'll uh, <laughs> only if it's before the commission check. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but when you, if someone I'll else driving the fucking bus if the check is too big, <laughs> you're, you're going to want someone else to be coming in and be able to pick that ball up straight away yeah. and not yep. go oh my god Alan who did he talk to at this place we don't even know who was he prospecting there's no mm. there's no process there's no version of a CRM so 
those sorts of things that's where I want to get it to so I'm going to use this as an opportunity to actually speak to you about the role um, what's the biggest annoyance you've had in previous roles uh, that you are praying that we don't have here like for you what would be like a deal breaker for you to be like if you came in today and discovered X what's the thing that would have been the thing that turned you off so thinking from a purely sales perspective yep. uh, there, there might be more to it but just off the top of the dome um, purely sales perspective it's annoyed me at one of my previous um, employers <laughs> when uh, bonuses are, get split and split and, you, and you're, what you're responsible for gets watered down to mm. 10% of what you can earn yep. whereas uh, if the whole if the whole country hits they're trying to build like a team spirit but then you know if you've got 60 odd reps on the road then there's 59 of those that you can't do anything about yep. and if they're having a bad day or if they're not doing so, they're not pulling their weight you can't affect that and th- that's that frustrated me so I yeah, think so that it's would like, me it's like having a commission structure where you're not in control of your own destiny because the yeah. thing that I've always liked about sales uh, is it's the closest thing to running your own business in, if it's if it's set up correctly because you you should have mm. like uncapped earning potential yeah, exactly. uh, and, and everything that you because you're a hunter at the end of the day, mm-hmm. like you go out and you hunt your own salary. Yeah. Uh, you've got your salary, I'm not saying it's commission only. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly tried to get that in their age. Uh, so commission only, there you are. Uh, job done, sign there. Um, <laughs> no, but because you, you go and hunt your own, uh, you, you choose your own payback at the end of the day. If, yeah. you, if, you're, if you work hard and you're good, uh, being yeah. a salesperson is the best role in the world. Exactly, and I've never understood a bonus caps either. It's capped at X percent or it's capped mm. at this many thousand because the reason it's a percentage is that you're, the company is still making the larger share of that yeah. as a profit. Yeah. So surely, you, why would you want to choke them and hold them back? It doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Yeah, that, that percentage is, actually I've got an interesting thought on that, I haven't thought about it, but that percentage should be built into the margin of the product, so that's that's there. Yeah. But here's what it might be, and I never thought about this. I'm not trying to stick up for anyone that's got capped commission structures, but maybe it's because when you hit, when the whole company hits that cap, the actual, uh, let's just say it's a manufacturing company, they don't actually have the facilities to manufacture more or do you think that's definitely not the case um i wouldn't say that was the case and from a with a sales head on i would say that's a good problem to have okay like it so uh sales structure is uh how you earn your money is Mm. definitely a turn off Uh, and i think a big lesson for anyone listening is if you're going to hire a salesperson make sure they're in they're correctly incentivized every single day to wake up and do their best work um Mm. what else is there what else is there that would have been a a turn off um, take it for, and it doesn't have to be now take it back through through the last I don't know 5, 10, 15 job interviews you've had since we were back at school like what's the things that oh, okay. you go into and it's like this is the thing that turns me off because as, I, I, as a founder uh, and people listen to the show people will be looking at how they hire the right people yeah. and this is for me is an opportunity to educate the listeners of when you're hiring a salesperson here's the stuff that you just need to be aware of and not just in my voice it depends whether there are hunter or a herder I suppose doesn't it explain um, that so obviously a hunter goes out as you said and, and, and hunts their own commissions um, but a herder is more of an account manager yep. so just sort of it literally puts a ring around their herd and protects them and says this this is you know let's say two million pounds worth of business a year I'm going to make sure I keep it at least that yep. um, there are some roles that are a mixture of both uh, but as a general rule you're either a hunter or a herder I'm more of a hunter and also back to your question I think it's important to work out what the person wants, so what the what the role entails, and does, is there room for growth? 
if they start as a BDM, do they end up as a sales director mm-hmm. within three to five years if you're if they hit the right targets? Or is it just going to be a BDM and they're going to stay that way for the next 10 years? So what's your aspiration? Let's do this. I know the answer because we've already half spoke about it. Uh, but as a, how old are you? 28. What's your aspirations, mate? What, do you, what are you trying to get to? I'd like to be the sales director here. Like it. Definitely. Uh, and I think having those frank conversations up front is what mm. every person needs to have with anyone they're bringing on board. And again, it's, it comes back down. This is the reason why I love sales is because other roles, it's quite hard to like... Uh, Measure. Ta- measure. Tangi- like his role. Ta- yeah, it's I hard don't know to, how I measure him. It's hard to tangibly <laughs> measure <laughs> how amazing Harry is. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you can watch his videos and see, but. Very know, subjective. Yeah, yep. exactly. Whereas I can come in and go, here's X amount of money I've brought in. <laughs> Fucking mics just went. <laughs> Sorry. That's good. Man. Sorry, I got all excited. That's cool. I like it. Um, yeah, so I, I can come in and say, here's how much money I've brought in, and this is why I'm mm. worth XYZ, and this is why I need a pay rise. And, I need to be the next sales director, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. 100%, you can have frank conversations. And one thing that we're struggling with right now, we have, a, we have a problem with how we build this role out. More on that straight after this break. So the thing that me and you briefly spoke about earlier is something that we're struggling with, but I think we're both on the same page, is when you bring a new role into the company, and like you say, it's been so scattered in the past, I've basically turned into salesman, hunter, whatever we want to call it, when I've needed to. So I kind of go, cool, let's win some business. I go win the business. I then step out and then I go back into CEO. I go back into firefighter in chief, whatever you want to call me. Um, (laughs) People have called me a lot fucking worse. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Whatever. what we say behind your back. (laughs) (laughs) So we're hiring a new creative. All you need to do is send your CVs into. (laughs) So with this role, I'm a big believer, and I know you are too, in setting a budget and setting KPIs and setting commission structures and all that good stuff. This is a really, this is a new role because we haven't had this in place. So I think where we're at right now is you're coming in doing a piece of work and helping us both get comfortable with a strategy that we rolled out. Yeah. Because one of my fears was hiring for this role and super lucky, I think, in the fact that you're available and on the market and we've got a history together and we seem to bounce well off each other and you like the team and the team like you, uh, just a bit of feedback, by the way, um, is... <laughs> <laughs> Happy days. Is I, I, I was going to struggle to hire for this because I couldn't, I couldn't like put my hand on my heart and say, cool, hire this role and you've got to hit these targets mm. because we haven't got a history. We haven't no. got a track record. We've only got my ability. But there's something like called like founder's magic. And I'm a salesman anyway. Mm-hmm. But the founder of a company will always find it a little bit easier yeah. to sell it because they've got that... I mean, they've got the story, they've got the passion, they've often got the relationships in the network. Um, So the first 10 deals are often always from the founder uh, and always, not the easiest, but you've always got the foot in the door. Um, So we've got a really hard challenge now Mm. in terms of you're going to go away uh, and you've asked loads of questions today. You're going to have loads more questions probably. Uh, And then to come back and present what a sales strategy would look like. How do you think it's going to go down in terms of us building that commission structure together like have you ever had an experience in the past where you've had to do this or all the roles you've gone into have had a track record of other people delivering have, against KPIs the the structure I was building with a staff that I was going to manage yep. rather than for myself so I've never done one for a role that's for myself so I suppose it's new in that way but um, as long as you've got the margins and you understand the workings of the business which I'm getting to grips with now yep. then it's it's definitely workable do you think the only reason that we'll probably be able to do this together is because of our history and just the fact that I think we can have a grown-up conversation around if if the company can't get, generate this from your role, then we can't afford it? Like, yeah. 
Uh, do you think we've got an unfair advantage or? Definitely, definitely. I think the, the biggest thing is trust. Okay. Um, and handing over the reins, especially from your baby, yep. you need you need to be able mm. to trust the people. And I think that might be something you struggle with with somebody else, do you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Um, H, from your side of things. Talk to me. I'm gonna talk to you. Uh, you know where we are as a business. Alan's here to support a specific area. Where do you think is the next role that you need bringing in to support the creative side of what we do here at Expert Trades? He's not used to being asked big questions I'd like say, this. I'd genuinely just say another set of hands. Like, um, just off the top of my head, for example, when I'm on site on a shoot, uh, sometimes I'm limited. Like, I, <laughs> when you've got custom, when you've got clients there watching over your shoulder and you've got the talent in front of you and you're having to set up all the gear and things like that, I know that's like real, like small things, but having a second pair of hands to man camera two and just, it may, it will make my the process a lot quicker, uh, and then and then even even to the point where it comes to output. Like mm-hmm. even if you could send, even if we split the labour in, one does the shoot, the other does the edit. You could in theory have someone on, on the road five days a week shooting. Yep, and then someone in the office editing. I know I know shooting takes one day and edits can take three or more, but just getting just splitting the labour like that would be hugely beneficial. And then with how we're moving forward with like client comms, mm. you know that I've been trying to work out, I've never run an agency business before. Yep. We're trying to scale this as an agency now and really owning that because yep. we are one. We do creative work and we sell it basically. Um, how confident and comfortable are you feeling? Because you're getting dragged into a lot more client communications. Like you're getting mm. put on the phone calls, you're gonna be sending, bri- like awesome that, to hear that you get. That's better though. Okay. Uh, because that's kind of what how? I said to you before. Because um, at the moment, the process is ed speaks to client client speaks to ed ed speaks to me i come back to ed ed goes back to client that's a very long chain of comms mm-hmm. whereas if it can just be ed or whoever speaks to the client yep. tells them what they tells us what they want and then then i can pick that conversation up because it corresponds to video work say yeah it's just easier for me to speak to the to the person I need to speak to directly as opposed to daisy chaining through someone else every time. Mm-hmm. So that I think is easier and and nothing gets lost in translation because there's been scenarios where Edie's had a brief from the client. She then transcribes that brief, gives it to me and then then I read it or hear it or whatever it might be. And then I might have questions and it's just, it's just I a guess slow it's like a game, process. Game of, I think I don't want. I nearly call it. It's that game of telephone. So I think it's the same thing. It's like Chinese whispers. Yeah. It's, it gets passed down the line so much that uh, what the client expects and what they to, what they thought they told mm. ED is not what you've delivered. And, and then as it as the founder, I'm looking at that and going, okay, where did where did this thing fall down? And I guess what we're saying is we need to develop more. I don't, I don't a think process. It, Sorry, we've, it, we've not. It, it's not fallen down. Like it, that's just a that's just an example of. Like I can see a, an area where errors can occur, yeah, and it's just a way of optimizing the process. Like I'm, I'm already speaking to clients now directly, and and Edie's not been involved in those conversations, yeah, and and because of that, the comms come back and forth directly to me. Whereas if I am not the point of contact, 
I'm a CC in an email thread, mm-hmm. I can get missed. Now, I have been missed before and then I had to re-pick up a conversation that's that's then brought me back in. So it's just, that's just simplifying the process. Simplifying it is the, is the, uh, the key, key word there. I agree. And I think one thing that I was sort of going into there, we sort of, I'm trying to understand how, and I'm using air quotes for, we don't have the cameras on today. I'm using air quotes to build an agency. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Sound effects. <laughs> but uh, one thing I think that, sort of hit home with me I was listening to a what was it it was a vlog actually for the GOAT agency mm. uh, and they were talking about their process and what they've built is really impressive in terms of the speed and the time frame they've done it uh, but I sh- they literally said it was, here's how we operate as an agency and they explained that it was founded with three people uh, and there was a guy that went out and sold so Alan yep. in this situation mm-hmm. uh, there was a guy that would click the buttons and build a campaign uh, and do the creative you in the situation mm-hmm. uh, and that'd be the person that is holding the rest of the team accountable for delivering what they say they're going to do mm-hmm. uh, and my views have been well, when that grows how do you alter the the business to suit moving from three people to 13 people to 30 people to 300 and what they said was really interesting they said uh, they've got an average age of 24 in the business they turn over 50 million dollars uh, and uh, the business has been around for like four years. And they said, well, only seven out of our 104 staff have got agency experience because we wanted to build an agency the way that we thought an agency needed to be built. So I think what I'm getting at is I'm already feeling like from the conversations we've had today and where mm-hmm. we are and where we know we're going, mm-hmm. is I'm kind of less now obsessed. And again, this is a Friday show, so it's like a therapy session. Uh, I'm sort of less obsessed now with trying to get the traditional roles in in what is considered the right the right place with the right titles because we know what our clients are trying to achieve we need to now just build our culture and our structure to match yeah what we're trying to achieve so i think there was a risk and as people have listened to this over the last four weeks i've, I've sort of ebb and flow in terms of how i think about this but I, i've now nailed down where we're going to be in the next 12 24 36 48 months i'm super excited in the fact that I don't actually have to follow someone else's playbook. You said this to me earlier. You still need to get educated. Mm. Like we still need to see how other things operate. Yeah. And like for Alan Droll, he still needs to see how other agencies charge uh, and how like the thing that I showed him earlier in fuck it, Professional Builder magazine and how much they charge. Like I've literally been on stage and set fire to one of their magazines and said literally in front of over 180 builders merchants. I was like, this is what you're doing. You're paying for this media. Like there are so much better ways to spend your money. Yeah. Like we still need to be aware of the rates that other people charge because it allows us mm. to over deliver for clients. But I think one thing is to drill home for anyone listening to this right now is don't build your playbook off someone else's actions. Educate yourself, uh, but then go and Build your own, build it to your own culture and your own strengths. Yeah, yeah. I think I think what's been highlighted recently is that like we've been talking about process, process, process. Yeah, and that's something that we still need to nail. But with the flexibility of knowing that we need to get our process, so we just need we do, like at the moment structures something that we're kind of lacking. As yep. it, as in, we're very kind of sporadic in. Yep. Or we we do this for a lot of clients, but others because it's not as as bigger bigger job we'll just kind of wing it and like that makes my job easier as well Mm. in terms of forecasting and budgeting and seeing where we can go when there's processes in place it makes life a hell of a lot easier 
I mean, I know we've not had a chance to have our chat yet, but I've got no idea what your capacity is, where we're at yeah. with it, or how, how much more we can stretch what you do. So, But I think exactly. on that, one thing is, one thing we've never ever considered as a company, and we spoke about this thing earlier, uh, where I was listening to the Pitch podcast, and there's a guy on there trying to do, do you know when you buy it, you book a plane ticket, mm. uh, the price changes depending on the availability of the number of seats. So mm. the price goes up, the less seats are available. Uh, and I understand that agencies need rate cards, but Alan might go in and be pitching for some work. And if he knows that we're at 90% capacity, he might overprice that, mm. knowing that this needs to be really worth it to stretch the team yeah. uh, compared to just going Tradesmen off, do off the book. same thing. 100%. You know, you speak, to, speak to expert trades customers, they'll say it's, they do exactly the same thing. I used to have, deal with a lot of plumbers, obviously, and heating engineers. And you know, in, in silly season, which is normally November, first week of December, and yeah. a, a bit of January as well, they are charging sometimes up to double Mm-hmm. for a boiler swap for example um, supply and demand yeah exactly because people need it it's freezing cold need it done they say <laughs> yeah, well yeah. if you want it done it's now three and a half grand and <laughs> as the 84 year old woman shivering <laughs> <laughs> we take the to- last penny out of <laughs> no but it is just supply and demand isn't yeah, it it's the way it is. so let's just pull this back in you've done this today what's the next thing that you're going to go away and do collate all the data at the moment it's information overload mm. and yep. I'm a little bit like your sales process I'm, I've got everything all over the show so <laughs> I'm fucking dig it in alright guys we're hiring for a new BDM we're actually going to get rid of the whole team on this podcast so, <laughs> I've got to I've got to pull it all in together um, and try and mould it into some into some form of uh, shape yep. um, and then I'm going to have a hell of a lot more questions mm. because the strategy is going to start to take shape but still be very fluid. Yeah. And then, like I say, I'm going to have a, a ton more questions to ask you guys. So round one's done. Round two is collate the data, fire some more questions in. Yep. Uh, and then this sort of ends with uh, not like a big show and reveal, but you're going to present back. Mm-hmm. When I come in as your BDM, here's what I'm going to do. I mean, I'm going to do this, and this is how I get a path to becoming the sales director. That's right. I'm going to ask you a question on the mics, and I'm not sure whether you want to answer it or not. Um, but hey, let's go for it, is... Your pre one of your previous employers is one of our largest partners. Correct. How do you think this will be? Uh, how do you think this will be received from their side? I think it'll be good. Yeah, the uh, got a good relationship with the all the all the sales staff, uh, including the national sales manager. So it should be good. Who do you who do you deal with there? Are we allowed to discuss that or not? Yeah. So uh, without dropping names, we deal with basically marketing. So I assume that you have. Yeah. You were dealing with those guys? Yeah, 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 definitely. Of course, sales and marketing go hand in hand, don't they? So, yeah, it's a good team. 100% agree. Uh, one thing that I've had to... I was like, tension in the room. Give me an eye. Let's I'm going to make it. a note for an edit here just in case. <laughs> I, I, I think one of the things that... So I knew the answer to the question when I dropped it on because I know... I know Sorry, how, just quickly. Let me flip it on you then. Yeah. Well, how do you think it's going to go down? Have, well, you got, is, have you got a different opinion? This is why I needed to, to ask it because it's not actually about your answer. It's about mine. Mm. Uh, because I know you did a great job there. Uh, and I guess just to put cards on the table is I've been asking people about you. Like I know you as a person, but I have to do my own DD on of you. Of course, of course. Uh, and everything, because every salesman's amazing at selling themselves. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's one of the problems at, at hiring a sales professional is you see them at their best. Yeah. Uh, so did a bit of DD. Everyone said very good things about you. So I'm super Whew. excited about Thank this God moving for forward. <laughs> but one of the things I have to be aware of is... Uh, and rightly or wrongly, whether it went through my head is, will this be received? Ha- no, how will this be received from one of our largest partners yeah. uh, that someone's left their team within the last six to 12 months, can't yeah. remember the dates, uh, and is now in our team? Uh, in terms of, if it had happened in a marketing role, 
I think it would have been received very differently to the role that you're doing, as in... Or oh, you think they would might have suspected some poaching? Yes. Yeah, no, I think, I think they'll, they'll know it wasn't... They'll know it wasn't that. No, I think that, but what it sort of did was trigger the question in my head is, where's the line uh, of how, how closely you get to a company and if someone is looking to transition out, which I know wasn't the case with yourself, but let's just say, uh, let's just say one of the team over at... Uh, Monument Tools or mm-hmm. Baxi. Let's use Baxi because we're on them. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> he's like, what are you doing to me? Uh, let's just say one of the team over there in the marketing department yeah. wanted to leave. Like, and this, I, I don't know the right or wrong answer to this and I guess I'm asking for feedback. Like, is it okay to then offer them a job even though it's I one su- of your I clients? I suppose the best thing to do would be to ask them. Would we just to do speak that, to the client? To, to let them know. I suppose it depends it's where, really the, hard because where the, the person would be at about... About leaving. Yeah. I, I would... As I mean, was easy. I would I would be risk averse as a, with my business hat on. I would be risk averse and say to them, "We won't say anything to Baxi. We don't think it's a good idea because they're one of our big customers." So, this goes down a level deeper. When you become sales director and you're building your team, does that mean that you naturally will stay away from hire, directly hiring from our client? I don't think that I, I'm trying to work out if there's something contractual. I don't think there is with our clients, but. I think it'd be case by case, but as a general rule, <laughs> I love this. He's like a politician. <laughs> <laughs> as a general rule, you, I guess you try and steer clear of it. Particularly current clients, it's uh, just muddies the water when you don't need mm, to. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of talent out there. So, well, because I, I, one thing I'm going through right now is uh, that came through my head, but it was like a passing thought. I was like, well, where is the line? Like, there's no line mm-hmm. to think about with me and you, but it made me start thinking about it. And I was like, but if you find really good talent and someone that you're working with and they're not happy, like what's the ethical, moral, like well, how far do you push it? Okay, the thing to do is to ask them at this stage when there's none of that happening, because then if it happens down the line, you don't have to alert them that one of their staff might be thinking of leaving. Always oh, in, uh, guys, super interesting thought that came up is, uh, and that'll be a weird conversation. I can't even role play it in my head. Like it makes me feel a bit awkward because last night on LinkedIn, I, I dropped uh, two people a message from uh, an agency in Birmingham and I know the owner uh, <laughs> quite well. Uh, and, the, and the line went, hey, uh, your CV came across my profile. One of the team knows we're recruiting. They sent me your profile, but I can see that you work with X. So obviously you're not in the market right now and I think your boss is a fantastic guy but can you recommend me someone uh, that old chestnut that old chestnut I'm trying to work out like how far do you take it when you're aggressively trying to hire people and we're in a place we're in Tamworth and it, it can be quite constrained uh, yeah I'm, I'm like looking around the room but I don't think anyone's got an answer for this right I now so. <laughs> I was like you're putting this on the yeah, bike yeah I'm, I'm looking for a job <laughs> I've just been sacked yeah same <laughs> So uh, I, I guess for me on the mics and that, it's I'm trying to work out uh, and for the listeners, if you guys have any experience in this, uh, drop it into the Facebook group because I'd love to know. Uh, and if you're not part of the Facebook group, simply go to Facebook, uh, search for Startup Diary Club, uh, join the group there. Uh, some amazing people in there. Like When it comes to hiring, uh, how far are you willing to push it to get the right people into the team? Alan, let's wrap up with what are your thoughts on expert trades from what you've learned today and how confident are you that you can make a significant impact to our bottom line with the resources we have available today i think that expert trades are a very exciting business to be involved with extremely exciting i share the vision i think that's what that's what gets me excited is that i'm not having to i'm not having to stretch to see the vision yes it's, it's, it's easy it comes to me straight away 
Um, and yeah, I do think I can have a big impact, but I've got a billion ideas going off in my head and I've got to try and rein it in a bit and ask some more questions and like I say, get down to the nitty gritty before we do that. Do you know what surprised me about you? Just genuinely is I, I thought we were very, very similar in the, in the theme of like you're super entrepreneurial and you're super like you're a great sales professional um, and you're great at ideas. You like you've got you've got your own stuff that you do and mm-hmm. at the end let's plug it so people yeah, can we'll know what you're doing. But the way that you control yourself and say, actually, I know I need to rein it in, that's the thing I'm really bad at. Uh, so I, my job is to build a team around me of people that can sort of rein me in. Yeah, I think, I, think we have, I think we have similar traits in terms of being successful salespeople, but um, we are quite, I think you're more creative yep. as, a, as a general rule. Like, I don't think I could do a market and marketing, solely marketing role. I don't, yep. think, I don't think I'd be able to do that. Okay. Um, whereas sales roles is, is, is where, I'm, where my strength lies. That's probably my, my biggest learnings on you. And it's a super positive for me because I kind of, you don't want to hire people that are the same as you. You want to hire yeah. people that have like filling your, your weaknesses. Yeah. Uh, so to hear you say, even just the words like rein it in, I've got all these ideas, I need to build a process around it, rein it in. That's why I think you'll smash it. So I'm super excited what I've seen so far. So last second of the show, you're a sales professional. I am. You're also a bit of a social media ninja. Uh, talk to me about what you do on the side and why, as we enter this process, you're like, so when are you looking to fill this role, Adam? I'm like, well, probably about the start of May. And you went, ooh, ooh, and he pulled his face. Talk to the listeners and tell them what you do and tell them where to find more. So basically, um, I run a travel blog, basically just going around the world, reviewing different things, and which is quite apt for the whole tool talk thing it's why it's interesting because yeah. it's like he knows yeah. about traffic he yeah. knows about yeah. influencers i'm not about- as good at it as you guys it's just it's a side hustle that it's something i love doing i love writing about it i do a bit of vlogging on the old youtube definitely nowhere near on harry's level <laughs> my, my, i think i feel like a five-year-old after watching some of it but, hey, yo. Um, but yeah so and you know some brands work with me and send me to places and i'm going to um boston bermuda and uh you know all over uh, in May. Uh, uh, <laughs> how, how, do we, how do we find these things? Uh, so, yeah, sorry, I should be plugging myself. We're trying that. to pull the plug I'm, out I'm, of your I'm, trying to, add, I'm trying to add these to show notes. I don't, oh, I don't, I don't try and sell it, but it's called morepassportstamps.com. Whoa, he's not getting the job. He doesn't try and sell people. Let's fucking close this application up. No, not with the blog, not with the blog, but it's called morepassportstamps.com if you want to have a look. Morepassportstamps.com. Yeah, the idea is I want to encourage everybody to go and get more passport stamps in their passport and travel like more, etc. Um, you youtube.com slash more passport stamps or twitter.com slash mp stamps mp because more passport stamps wouldn't fit <laughs> I, can, I, I got it uh so guys go and follow alan and see what he's been up to uh and what would mean the world to me go and follow his socials and drop him a line to let him know that you came from the startup diary uh because i've got a feeling you're gonna be hearing more on this so regardless of whether alan uh and it's not whether he gets the job or not, it's whether we've, it's, this is such an important role to the business. When you're hiring more junior roles in the business and you bring people in, it's do you offer the job or not? This is all about, do we feel like it's the right fit and the right time? Because yeah. 100% you could come in and, and win. Mm. It's whether uh, the company's got the right resources to support the energy and the efforts that you're gonna put into it, uh, and whether you feel confident and comfortable selling our wares, basically. Yeah. Uh, so we'll document this journey. Um, we'll probably bring you on again in the near future in terms of like what you've learned, what you found out, uh, and then hopefully Hopefully, it's the start of having uh, a new role in the company that is going to help us scale, bring in some more revenue so we can bring in more resources. Fingers uh, any, anything else from you guys that you want to cover off now? No, mate. I look forward to looking at uh, your blog. Thank you. We'll check it out. Alan, you've been a star. Super appreciate today. Thanks for having uh, me. 
yeah it's cool man let's leave it there